So Easter egg drop 3.0 this Saturday. Let's celebrate that. Yeah, that's good. Uh, 10 a.m. to 12, 10 a.m. to noon this Saturday at the uh, Agricultural History Farm Park. Um, Make sure you're inviting. Um, I know that there have been a number of um, people who have volunteered to fill uh, the Easter eggs with a whole bunch of candy. And so it's going to be a a good old time. We get to share the love of Jesus in the DMV in a very uh, exuberant way. And uh, so I I think it's going to be good. Um, I know we have more people registered this time this year than it was last year and 1500 people came out last year and we're suspecting over we can celebrate that over uh, over 2000 so it's going to be great you got city officials coming out uh, politicians uh, it's, it's going to be awesome so uh, good time to get out the gospel of, of Jesus Christ it's going to be a fun time and um, that next day there we have highlight Easter um, to me, that's, that's the more important day, right? That, that's when the life change is going to happen. So thousands of people are going to come to the egg drop. But let's try to get them here so they can hear the gospel of Christ, the love of God, the good news of God, the hope of God. And so not 9.15, uh, but 9.30 and 11 a.m., 9.30 and 11. And uh, so let's get our friends, let's, let's get our coworkers, our neighbors Uh, A couple weeks ago, my son and I, we went and we just handed out some cards to kids and we knocked on doors. We did it the old school way. And guess what? No one was rude about it. You know, Uh, we used the the egg drop as the plug, but we turned it around and said, hey, Easter's that next day. And it was like, cool. So we we may or may not come, but be bold. You know, a lot of people are looking for something that you can give them. So let's be bold about that. Um, And that's that next day. Uh, the weekend after, my pastor, Pastor Ken Hester, will be here to preach. We can celebrate that. And, um, man, he's an extraordinary man. That's uh, his wife, Ashley, and his son, Isaac. Um, you see it, 14 years of experience. Um, he was on staff at Elevation Church for about eight years. He took that church from 30 people to over 1,200 people, and uh, if any of you know Elevation and Pastor Stephen Furtick, that's one of his main guys. And so he's my pastor. And um, I'm, I love it. I love being in relationship with bigger people. Um, it shows us where we're going. And so um, he's going to come. He's going to preach faith and vision. And, and he's going to tell us what we're going to do in the next few years in the DMV. And uh, it's, it's going to be so, so good, so good. And so I know I'm ready to, to sit under that teaching. So let's celebrate that again. And um, praise the Lord. So today uh, is week three of Optimal Outlook. How has the series been for you? Good. Good. Today is a good day. God's best awaits you. You have everything you need to succeed, so on and so forth. Today, I am not preaching. Um, We have a guest speaker. I get to rest. So that's uh, a rest. And I preach next week, then I'll rest. So that's a good deal for me. Um, But... Uh, she hails from uh, Patterson, New Jersey. She is my baby mama. She is wifey, bae, boo. Let's give it up for Pastor Kyra, everybody. As she prepares to give the word. Can I get a smooch? 
That was a good intro. And so, thank you. Uh, I'm going to pray for you. And uh, let's just extend a hand as she delivers God's word. Thank you, Lord, for uh, Pastor Kyra. Lord, we ask that you would just fill her heart right now and use her. Uh, God, we come against any any uh, nervousness, Lord, and, and any hesitation, Lord. Just mm-hmm. let her be free up here, Thank God, and uh, let her deliver what you've placed on her heart all week. We are ready to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, let's honor our pastor. Let's celebrate Pastor Josh. Yes. Um, he labors over this pulpit every Sunday, and I get, like, the behind-the-scenes first look um, throughout the week's. Uh, while he's at home, and it's it's not it's not easy. So we honor you, Pastor, and uh, we love you. I know he's back there. Um, but anyways, hello, hi. I know I went from there, and now I'm here. But um, welcome, welcome. You know, Pastor's actually been asking me since January, when are you going to teach? I want you to teach for the series. And I said, mm-mm. And then he asked me again, and I, and I said, mm-mm. And then the third time was the Lord himself. And, I mean, I can't deny God, right? I shouldn't deny my husband either, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, he really stuck it to me, and I was like, all right, well, here it is, Optimal Outlook, the, the week before Easter, let's go, and so I don't know about you, but this series literally, it has been changing my outlook every morning. How, who, who's out there with me? Yes, amen? Yes, celebrate it. Every morning, I'm, I literally am looking out my window, I'm like, man, God's best awaits me today. Why the attitude? Fix it. Because I'm not a morning person. Okay? I need my coffee in about an hour. Do not talk to me. But since this series, I have taken what the Lord has put on our pastor's heart through God himself, right? And, And just activating it. Just activating it. And so uh, God's best awaits me making destiny decisions. We just learned about that last week. Every day you have the opportunity to make a destiny decision. And how about cultivating the good? Like, this past week, I don't know about you, but I was looking at my kids. I'm like, I'm cultivating the good today. Like, we're going to baseball practice, and it is raining, yes, but we're still going to go to baseball practice, and I'm cultivating the good. And I'm literally, like, running. You can ask my husband. I am running uh, to, like, the Peloton outdoor app or whatever, and I'm just running as my son's playing baseball, and it's raining. So I was like, yep, I really have my Optimal Outlook hat on. And so it's just been blessing me, and I pray, and I know that it is blessing many of you. I've been hearing it in groups right, in our group's talks and all that, um, and so I'm, I'm just honored to be able to be here and speak the word of God to you, over you, and I pray that this word that we receive today, it's not left here on a Sunday, right, we take it out through the week, and we actually make impact with it, um, and so we're going to go here to John chapter 8, we're going to be in John chapter 8, if you have your Bibles, please take them out, I know we have TV Bibles, but there's nothing like that holy scripture in front of you. Um, so take your Bibles out, and when you're there, you can say amen. We are a talk back, holla back church. Yes, we are. And to some, it's like, don't do that. Just don't do it. Um, and that's okay. You don't have to holler back. I'm not expecting everybody to do it. But um, my husband and I come from the South. Even though I was born in Jersey, I mean, I've been raised in Florida, and I, that's considered the South, right? So Florida is down in the south, but church is, is, is different from Maryland, but we are holler back like southern, you know, um, and that's just how we were kind of raised up. So anyways, holler, whatever you want to do, clap it up, I don't care, it's all good, but welcome to Highlight Church, yes. Awesome. All right, so let's dig in here this morning. Um, let's go to John chapter 8, we're going to get it right to it, verse 1, and it says here, 
Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning, he was back again at the temple. And a crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. So we're going to back up here, because I just want us to focus in on these two verses very quickly. So Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives. To give you some context, uh, Jesus has started his ministry. And he often would retreat to the Mount of Olives. So much would happen on this mountain throughout this missionary and his ministry journey. Um, the Garden of Gethsemane, who knows that story? We're in the Easter week, right? Yeah. The Garden of Gethsemane was where he stood in the Mount of Olives before he went to the cross. And he said, Father, this is hard. I, I, I see... I see Kyra, I see Sam, I see Rhoda, but this is hard. And it, but not my will, let your will be done. Right? But he, he literally, on his knees, sweated drops of blood. He was that stressed. Um, the Mount of Olives was also a place where he would retreat. You'll see it in the Bible time and time again. He would often go there and pray and retreat. And so I love that this chapter literally is starting us out in Installment number one of Optimal Outlook, right? What did we learn? Adam woke up, and he said, man, God's best awaits me today. He woke up early in the morning. Those birds were chirping. He better be waking up, right? The sound of the alarm, God's natural sounding alarm is going off, waking up Adam in his natural state. And so Jesus, think about it. He's waking up early. Another thing about the Mount of Olives is that it literally sits, and you can see all of Jerusalem, so Jesus positioned himself strategically. You understand, we serve a God that is so on time, and he's very strategic with everything that he does. He's detailed. And so here's Jesus on the Mount of Olives, and he would every day overlook and see the people, the people that he was called to reach, the people that he was called to share about this good news. He would have the burden every morning, I got to wake up. They're out there. Point number one is this. Today is a good day, and God's best awaits others. God's best awaits others. See, this is what Jesus knew. He would wake up early. We see it, and he was back again in the temple. And we're going to get more into that context. And if you're taking notes, I love it. You're feeding me. We are note-taking church, and I say this time and time again, because at the end of the day, when you need installment number one of Optimal Outlook, you've taken notes, and you can go back to it when you're in a pit. Because like Pastor says, either we're in a pit, we're coming out of one, we're on a mountaintop, or we're about to be right back in a pit, right? That's just how life goes. And so we take notes in order to win at life and everything God has given us. And so Jesus, up early, he's ready to go because he knows and he sees that today is a good day and God's best awaits others. Quick story. Quick. Um, maybe not quick. I'm just kidding. So Pastor and I, if you don't know how we met, uh, we actually, I was on my way to Barnes & Noble's. And it was a really just not a good optimal outlook kind of morning. Um, I did not know the Lord. I was um, a single mom of a year-and-a-half-year-old boy. And I was in nursing school, and I was just ready to just quit. It was hard. I just couldn't do it. And I was on the phone with my friend. She's like, don't worry, girl. Go study. Tonight, we drink. I'm like, all right. 
And so I went into Barnes and Nobles like, all right, you know what? It's so hard. Life is stressful. But guess what? I get to knock down a bottle at the end of the night. So it really doesn't matter. And I'm sitting there and, I, and I'm looking around in Barnes and Nobles and there are no tables that are open. And so not only is my outlook in the morning pretty sucky, um, now I'm just probably going to drink my life away that night. But now there's nowhere to sit. So I go up to the second floor of the Barnes and Nobles, and there's no tables open except for one. And I just remember it like it was yesterday. This seat was opened, right? And there was a Bible on this side or one of the sides and medical textbooks. And I honestly, I will not lie, I was like, okay, guys, this, this guy is really weird. And I do not know if I want to ask him to share his uh, seat. He's weird. He's got a Bible, and I just don't know, but um, I have nowhere to sit, so here I go. Hey, do you mind if I sit here? There's nowhere to sit. And I kid you not, it is tweetable. Like, I have it written in my Facebook. He, pretty, he said it. He said, you can take up all the space in the world. Man. And, you know, what, nine years later, we're married, so... Um, he had an agenda. Today's a good day and God's best awaits me. <laughs> um, but no, and so I, you know, at that point I'm like, okay, like now he's just extra weird because he's trying to hit on me and I just want to study. All right, this day could not get any weirder. And so then I sit down and uh, begin to study and here goes the questions. It's like 99 questions, you know. Hey, how old are you? Uh, where do you live? What school do you go to? And I'm like, dude, I just need to study. Like, I have this huge exam. Would you please just not, just don't say anything. I kid you not. That was my posture. And after about 20 minutes of, of asking questions, he must have noticed that I was getting a little, you know, I just need to be in my book. So he said, okay, well, you know what? I, I got to pack it up. And he began to close his Bible and close his medical books. And he um, zipped his backpack and he said, all right, well, you have a good day, but I have one more question. I'm like, one more question, dude? All right. What's up? Yeah, I, how can I help you? Do you believe in Jesus? Just like that. Nothing extra? Not do you go to church? Not what religion are you? No, he said, do you believe in Jesus? And that was a question that at that table rocked me like I literally felt like the floor below me was about to just give out like I had to hold myself and like take a breath because here I am going into year 24 and I had never been asked that question even though I was raised in the church and um, we left the church when I was in my teenage years because cer certain things happened within my family but nobody had ever asked me that here's the thing I know that pastor's approach was today's a good day and God's best awaits others. See, just like Jesus, who had this window every morning to look out and not focus on his reflection, because that can happen, but that takes a lot of work to try to get your eyes to adjust. It is so much easier to see all of you. So every morning, Jesus would wake up and he would say, today is a good day, and God's best awaits Ogechi. God's best awaits Aaron. God's best awaits Damien. God's best awaits Seraph. Jesus woke up with that agenda. 
not allowing what the day before just pretty much did to him. Because if you get context, he was kicked out of the same temple he's about to go back into. But he didn't mind. He didn't care. That's good. I'm telling you, we're a hollerback church. What did I tell you? <laughs> I mean, that's just what we do. <laughs> he, he, just, he did not allow his circumstance to get in the way of his view. There were people that he had to reach. There were people that he was called to. At Highlight Church, if you go through supercepts, and if you've never been, I encourage you, sign up for supercepts. I was telling a couple that you can come to church for about three months here at Highlight, and then you start feeling an itch like you should serve, because if not, you, like, feel bad. But it's not us. <laughs> it's the Holy Spirit, because he's not going to leave you comfortable in a chair, right? He wants to make you be a disciple of Jesus. This is Matthew 28, the Great Commission, Right? And so in, in Supercepts, we break down our vision statement. We exist to shine the light of the good news so that people find true life in Jesus Christ. And that shining the light of the good news is that we love others. God's best awaits others. So we as a church, we're not going to be comfortable. We're going to throw 20,000 eggs out of a helicopter because we're crazy. Because there's about to be, yes, 2,000 plus people in one area that we can let them know that we are a church and we love Jesus. You know, when we walked into the egg drop field at the Ag Farm Park, the lady said, are you going to have a cross? Please don't have a cross. Because if you have a cross, it's a no-go. No, our logo is actually, it's a lamp, if you've ever really figured that out. But it's a lamp. Um, and so it's not a cross. And she's like, oh, okay, okay, okay. What, what, what other things? And we told her, listen, we keep it really general. Don't worry about it. I know we, you know, we want everyone to feel welcome. And she said, okay. I kid you not, this past week we went. And I said, yeah, we're going to be playing our tunes, you know. Um, my husband and I are millennials, and, we, and we, we like to listen to, like, beats, you know. No lyrics, just beats. And she's like, really? You should play some worship. Yeah. The same lady that... <laughs> four months ago was like, please no cross. But why? The Bible says that literally your gift will make room before you in the presence of kings. And so as a church, that's what we're about to do on Saturday. Yeah. So we celebrate that. So we've got to be this week, church. Today is a good day and God's best awaits others. We can only focus on ourselves for so long. That is tiring. I don't know about you, but that's exhausting. The minute I take my focus off myself and I put it back on Jesus and he leads me to someone else, man, I receive breakthrough every time. And so Jesus knew it. He wasn't going to allow some teachers of the law or Pharisees to hold him back. He was going to go back into that temple that he was about to be kicked out. And we're going to read right now as we continue as to why. So let's continue in, in chapter 8, verse 3. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. And they put her in front of the crowd. Um, many pastors, and even my husband, has always says, but where was the man? And nobody was looking for the man, right? Come on, I mean, mm. um, mm -hmm. But, I mean, if I had to be honest, ladies, God just always reminds me, that's why you got to work twice as hard. It's all good. Just do it. But that's something besides the point. Uh, but verse 4, teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? See, they were attempting to catch Jesus in a lie. 
that would stone him, that would take him to the cross way sooner. But what we're learning right now, and I want us to learn this together, is Jesus is on his P's and Q's. He's he's dotting his I's, he's crossing his T's, and he sees the enemy at work. And he doesn't give in to the enemy and his schemes. And we as a people, we have been called to elevate our thinking, to see the enemy at work, because he's here to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he does. And so we have to operate at a higher level to see him and be swifter, right? And be able to be sober-minded is what the Bible says, clear in our thoughts so that we don't stoop down to his level, but we elevate and so people can truly see the kingdom at work through us. So that's just a little little nugget that I want to send your way. Let's continue on here in verse 6. They are trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down. You can underline that, highlight it, and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer, so he stood up again and said, All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again, and he wrote in the dust. Point number two is this. Today, I see the best in others. Not tomorrow, today. Not where the enemy may currently have them all caught up, but where God is going to take them, their potential. That's what we're going to see. I want to share part of my testimony, and I'm really going to try not to cry, but here's the thing. Every single time, like I cried in 915, I've cried when I practiced, so it's just going to happen, okay? And I'm very sorry, but it's part of my story. Um, Yeah, and so um, I was pregnant eight weeks eight weeks pregnant. If there are any kids in the room, I'll try to keep it general, but I think we're okay. But I was pregnant, eight weeks pregnant, and um, the relationship I was in, it was abusive. Um, The gentleman had actually tried to kick me out of a moving car down the freeway going 70 miles an hour. And so my heart goes out to the BAK and what we do as a church. Um, We have to remind ourselves why we're here. We're not here for self, church. We're not. Um, And so... I had made an appointment with um, a certain organization to be able to have an abortion. And the appointment was on Wednesday. But here I was on Tuesday having a nervous meltdown, and I also had to get to the DMV, not the District of Columbia, Maryland, Virginia. In Florida, the MVA is the DMV, okay? So my license was going to be suspended, and I had to get there because they needed the license on that Wednesday in order to do what they needed to do. And so I'm on the phone with my cousin, and I'm driving down the highway, um, and um, I had to get off, and I got to a red light, and I'm just freaking out, and I'm telling her, where has God been? Why is this happening to me? This is absolutely crazy, but I got to do it. I got to do it. Meanwhile, she was six weeks pregnant, and she was going to be staying with the the, um, baby's father. They had a great relationship. And she tried to speak as much as she could, but ultimately she was just an ear. And so all of a sudden, I hear, and a minivan crashed into my car going about 50 miles an hour, and I was at a red light. My car literally swerved all the way underneath the semi-truck that was in front of me. I don't remember a thing but I do remember being in the EMS truck. And I must have been shouting, I'm pregnant, I'm pregnant, because they were telling that over the radio to the hospital. 
And as the firefighter began to close the door at the tr in the EMS van, he pretty much said, if that semi-truck had not had that lower beam to clear it, she could have been decapitated. That was the last words that I heard as I was being rushed to the hospital. Heart beating fast, my mind just all over the place, but still thinking, I've got to get to that appointment tomorrow. So here I am in the hospital room, my mom rushes in, and the OBGYN comes in with another general physician and says, well, now it's time to check the fetus. And I said, no, 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 we don't need to do that. You see, tomorrow is my appointment. And the OBGYN said, it doesn't matter because something could have happened in that wreck that can actually cause damage to you. So we need to check. And so as I'm standing in that room, and I will never forget it, my mom came and she actually stooped down to my level and where I was. And she took a seat. And she had known everything what was going on and she was in agreement, whatever I was gonna do, she was gonna be there. And all of a sudden, the OBGYN put the ultrasound to my belly and I just heard boom, 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 a heartbeat of 165 beats per minute. And instantly my mother grabbed my hand and she said, Jakaida, today I see the best in you. I don't see your current situation. I don't even see my current situation because honey, I don't know how we're gonna do this, but God is gonna provide. You see, my mom was a God-fearing woman, and she was a prayer warrior. Regardless of what may have gone on, and regardless how far she may have came, or how, whatever may have gone on in her relationship with the Lord. But that's one thing she said. God will make a way. And so I walked out of that hospital. Yeah. So I walked out of that hospital, and I actually called this organization that very moment, and I said, you can cancel my appointment. Yeah. You see, my mother decided in that moment, I see the best in my daughter, not her current situation. That's what Jesus was doing. Jesus had woken up that morning. He had looked out that window, and he said, there's a woman who's going to be caught in an act that the people don't see her potential. But I do. And I've got to get there, and I've got to be there, and I've got to stoop down to her level and come eye to eye to her for her to know that I am still here. If you have put your faith in Jesus, guess what? He's done the same for you. And if you haven't, he's meeting you right here. This woman wasn't perfect. She was caught in sin. He didn't care. I want to take us back to Exodus 34. And before we actually read the verse, I want to give us context. So you see, Moses had led the people out of Egypt. And God had given him two tablets with the Ten Commandments. Do so you remember this story? Yeah. And when Moses came off that mountain, it's a true story. The people were in disarray, worshiping not God. And Moses was utterly upset and broke the stones. And so God meets him in verse 30, in chapter 33, and he says, listen, Moses, it's all right. Because 
I'm going to continue to stoop down and be with you. Go take two more stones and come to the mountain early in the morning. 34 verse 1 says that, early in the morning, and come meet me. And there I will take that same finger and write on those stone tablets. And where my heart resides in this text and where my heart broke when I read it when I first came to the Lord and I stopped in chapter 8 as I was reading John to get to know Jesus, he reminded me of Exodus chapter 34. I want us to read this. We're going to go to chapter, I believe it's uh, 5. Verse 5, and it says here, Then the Lord came down in a cloud and stood there with him. And he called out his own name, Yahweh. The Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out, Yahweh the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger, and I am filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. Listen, I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin. You know what I believe? That same finger that wrote on those stone tablets stooped down and wrote to that woman, I forgive to a thousand generations your iniquity, your rebellion, your sin. That's where Jesus met her. As Christians, if we call ourselves believers of the Lord Jesus, we are called to stoop down and see the best in others. You know, had my mom not seen the best in me, Jay-Z wouldn't be here. He's now 10 years old. If you don't know him, please meet him. He is lively, full of energy, smart as a whip, honorable student. He's gifted, like, kid's brilliant. <laughs> and he plays baseball like a pro. I, and it's, I'm not just saying this because he's my kid. And he is the best big brother. <laughs> and when I came to know the Lord and I began to realize that names have such meaning, I decided to look up his name. You know what his name means? Promised one of God. Well, he does. Your God is a redeeming God, and if you don't know him, I pray that by the end of today that there's such a stirring in your heart that you give it up because you've got to let it go. Because that is the God that we serve. Promised one of God. And not only that, this is funny. His middle name is Caleb. <laughs> pastor's name is Joshua, and if you don't know Joshua and Caleb, they were best friends in scripture. Yeah? God has a sense of humor, doesn't he? And they took over the promised land, and they were able to get everything that God had for the children of Israel. And church, I'm telling you, when you see the best in others, and you decide to wake up and know that there is more than just yourself, God begins to break through on your behalf. He begins to break down walls. He begins to increase you in ways that you, have, you would have never thought you could have been increased in. That is the God that you serve. We don't serve a self-serving God. My goodness, Jesus hung on a cross for you, for me. Gave his life up for us. That's self-sacrificial. And so we must take this side of just, man, today I see the best in others. Let's continue to read here. Verse 9. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one. 
beginning with the oldest until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Did even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. So go and sin no more. You know, pastor could have left me at that table because, I mean, just looking at me, you, just, you could tell, let's just be honest, that I didn't have it all together. But my point number three is this. Today is your opportunity. And he took that opportunity that day. And now I'm here, nine years later, declaring of God's goodness. Had he not taken that opportunity, guys, I don't know where my life would be. But it was one question. Do you believe in Jesus? Are we so caught up that we do not extend these invites? The title of my message is The Optimal Invite. The best, most favorable invite that anyone could ever give is do you believe in Jesus? Because here's the thing. They may not answer right away. I mean, I did, and I kind of shook. But you never know the seed that you plant in that moment. And God is not, he is waiting and he's looking for people who are going to take that simple seed and plant it. This is Easter week, guys. They say 80% of people who normally don't go to church are going to be more open to going to church on Sunday. This Sunday that's coming up. Do you believe in Jesus? Today is your opportunity. Is it that friend? Maybe you have invited for five, six, seven times. But maybe that friend needs to hear your testimony. Maybe that friend needs to know the God that you serve and what God has done in your life. Maybe it's not just an invite, but it's sharing what Jesus has done for you. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your spouse. We don't give up on our spouses, right? Maybe God's saying, hey, invite them again. Invite her again. It's okay. Maybe it's that barista <laughs> that we've invited for the fifth time. It's okay. Invite them again. Who is it? I want us to take time right now and invite and look and just write down three names. Let's take the time right now. Invite three names of the people that either they're going through a hardship they're in the middle of just something that you know could be life-changing for them if they just got in the atmosphere of faith, right? Who are those three people? Who are those three people for you? Church, I pray we don't leave this optimal invite here, but we take it out. And on Saturday, we're going to have the opportunity to invite over 2,000 people to church on Sunday. And Pastor and I are not expecting 2,000 to walk through our doors the next day. But what I do pray is a single mom who may be on her second baby, eight weeks pregnant, thinking about abortion. Because you never know what a message like this could do in her life to know that there is a hope and there is a future. I'm living testimony of that. 
that God is good to a thousand generations and that he is unfailing and that he has been there for you even when you denied him, guess what? God has always knocked at that door of your heart. And so if you don't know him and you have this stirring in your heart right now, I'm telling you, that's the Holy Spirit who's knocking at your door to say, let me in. I'm not going anywhere. I'm right here. So today is your opportunity that you can even invite him to be your Lord and to give your life to him. So church, let's celebrate the word of God as we close out in prayer. Yeah. And let's just pray. Father, we thank you, God, for the word that you've deposited in our hearts, Jesus. An optimal in outlook is not only for us, God, but it's so that we can give that same to others. So Jesus, I am praying that we deposit seeds upon seeds this week as a church. Father, the Bible declares that all it took was Gideon, 300 men, to be able to overtake an army. And God, I know that Highlight Church is literally knocking at the door of almost 400 people coming every Sunday. We're there. And you're just asking, would you plant that seed? Would you invite that person? God, I thank you for this word that you've given us. Thank you for seeing the best in us, Lord, even when we didn't see it in ourselves. We love you. You know us, Jesus. In and out, you know us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, church. Let's celebrate that. Thank you. Man. Amazing. It's awesome. So good. Now, in a posture of prayer, if you've never given your heart to Christ, we want to open up this invitation to you. And so God loves you. The good news has been shared. Your life can change now. And so church, we're going to pray this together. And if this is your first time coming to Christ, you pray with us. We want to celebrate and support you in this. Let's bow our heads. Church, repeat this after me. Say, Father God, I love you. Forgive me for my sin. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Fill my heart. Give me new life. I am yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.